Welcome to another episode of Search News You Can Use with me, Dr. Marie Haynes. I'm recording this episode on Wednesday, July 24th of 2019. You're probably noticing that the quality is not what it usually is. I'm actually at home right now. Um, I didn't do a podcast episode last week because I was traveling and uh, it just fell at the same timing as me speaking at MozCon. And then I came back from MozCon with a really, really awful flu. Uh, So I am not in my office today. I don't want to expose my employees to this awful sickness. Um, I call this shipping fever. It's like, so when I used to be a veterinarian, We talked about shipping fever is when you send a bunch of cattle together to the slaughterhouse. And uh, because they all get together and they mix their own bugs from all over the country, you can get these pretty nasty sicknesses. And that's what I'm dealing with. So I'm at home with just regular headphones recording this today. Just wanted to get something out, though, because one of the things that was amazing for me at MozCon was meeting so many people who said that they listen to podcasts regularly. Um, Thank you for those of you who came up to me and just told me what a difference my team and I are making for you. Uh, Really, really, I appreciate that. So I wanted to do probably it's going to be a brief podcast episode. Uh, We'll see once I get chatting. Um, on uh, what's happening with Google's algorithms. There is something weird going on. So uh, July of 2019, there have been a number of algorithm updates that seem significant enough for us to comment on. Um, The first started, uh, well, the first in the last couple of weeks at least, started when I was on my way to MozCon. Uh, July 13th and 14th, we started hearing a bit of chatter about some updates. July 17th and 18th, there was a lot of chatter, uh, and that's exactly when I was speaking at MozCon. And then uh, just when I got back, July 20th, there is something else going on there, too. So in our clients that we have access to to uh, to check Google Analytics data, what we're seeing is that most of them have not changed, and that's probably a good thing. We have a few clients that are seeing really nice increases on any one of those dates. The interesting thing is that none of these clients, well, that's not true, not none of them. Some of these clients are not in the health space. Uh, So previously, when we had the last core announced update, which was June 3rd of 2019, um, we were pretty confident in saying that this seemed to be an update geared towards trust and primarily towards health sites. And even last week when I didn't uh, write the algorithm update section of the newsletter just because too many things were going on and my team did it. So my team is always involved in um, you know, figuring out uh, which sites have seen drops, which sites have uh, seen gains, and then we all chat together and try to figure out what Google is doing. Uh, they noticed that last week, so the July 13th-ish or so update, it seemed to be almost all health sites that were either affected or that were sending us requests for help. This time, um, you know, since then, July 17th and July 20th, which of which the 17th is by far bigger, there are other sites. So we have um, we have a couple of e-commerce sites that are seeing nice gains. Uh, a couple of informational sites and even affiliate sites as well that are seeing some nice gains. Um, A couple of our natural medicine clients saw further drops. And in all transparency, this is really frustrating for us. You know, these sites come to us for help and, uh, and some of them are seeing drops. 
What we're seeing, though, is that the sites that are seeing drops um, have trust issues that either they haven't fixed or they can't fix. And what I mean by this is it really does seem that Google is on a mission to make it so that sites talking about natural medicine have a hard time ranking for things unless people are very clearly looking for that particular type of natural medicine or that particular type of treatment. Um, and so there are some sites that unfortunately, if you're in this niche of providing alternatives to, and right now it's just medicine, but if you're providing an alternative that's not really recognized by the general community, then it may be challenging to rank uh, for some of these things. And what we're seeing is that some of these sites in the past, they would rank because they had really good SEO. And now SEO alone is not enough to help you to rank well. Um, you know, you need to have a site which Google can truly, truly trust. There was, um, and I'm sorry I didn't write down the name, there was a woman in Search Engine Roundtable who left a comment saying, this can't be about EAT because I have loads of EAT and my site dropped, it was something like 60%. Uh, and when I looked at her, she's got all sorts of credentials. Um, you know, she's a nutritionist and uh, many, many degrees and she's known online as an authority. So that's the E and the A in EAT. But what she doesn't have um, is trust. In, in from what I can see, I mean, I didn't do a deep dive into her site, but her site talks about a lot of alternative treatments. It talks about um, things uh, in nutrition where, uh, you know, maybe if you do um, some one example, I think there were things about gut bacteria. I thoroughly believe that this stuff is true. But the average physician probably does not. And so that's something where Google is maybe having an issue with this. I personally think that that site is going to see improvements because I think Google can recognize, all right, some people are looking for this type of natural medicine. Now, I haven't assessed the site fully. It's possible that there are other trust issues. If you're a natural medicine site that you really are doing a good job at showing both sides of the story and you're still seeing drops, I'd look at how pushy your site is in terms of selling things. Um, I think Google can take it as a sign of distrust if you're saying, hey, carrots cure cancer, and by the way, we sell carrots. Um, you need to be really, really careful with that. I don't have the answer for you yet on that, but we're working on it. Um, and so we'll, we, you know, we will get there. Uh, and I think, you know, as long as you have a legitimate business that people do le legitimately trust you, then these algorithm updates should come around to eventually favor your site. Now, let's talk about what we're seeing. Um, it's hard to, this, you know, I, people have been talking about this algorithm update and they're calling it Maverick. I should probably address that. Maverick is, uh, they, I, I believe um, it was Brett Tabke uh, who mentioned the name Maverick and he said, hey, because Top Gun is coming out with a, a remake and this is from the movie Top Gun um, that, uh, yeah, that, uh, that we should be calling this Maverick. I, you know, whether you want to call it Maverick, I, fi I find like when we put names on updates, we, we often limit them. Um, but regardless, if this catches on, we'll call it Maverick. The problem is, uh, I don't think anybody, there's no particular date that we're calling Maverick. So there's been a lot of turbulence in Google between July 13th and July 20th, and potentially still going. As I'm recording this, it's the 24th. And honestly, I have not been in the office um, or really done a whole lot in terms of assessing sites other than several hours uh, yesterday where I looked at all of the work that my team has done. 
And um, I, I just want to say that it's too early to say exactly what's going on. My gut instinct is that Google is doing something still in terms of trust. So one of the things that we're noticing is that initially in on June 3rd, when Google started this big jump towards uh, trust and trying to understand what websites are doing and which websites are most trustworthy in health, it was almost all health sites that they worked on. I think they are possibly starting to do this in other verticals as well. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see as the fallout from these July updates happen, which types of sites are contacting us for help uh, that can often give us more information as well. So um, one of the things that we noticed is that the big health giants, so Healthline, WebMD, Mayo Clinic, they're all uh, relatively flat in terms of traffic, according to the tools that we can see. Um, and yet uh, some of the natural medicine sites, so Dr. Axe saw further drop, uh, drops down and uh, Mercola, which we talked about before, that has some, uh, some stuff that seems out there in terms of natural medicine uh, are seeing some drops as well. And so really, I think whatever Google is doing is they're refining their ability to determine trust. I think that they've got some of it wrong. I think there are some good sites that are seeing some drops, which tells me that we're probably going to see a lot more turbulence over the next few uh, weeks and probably months, potentially even years as Google figures this out. Whatever they're doing is different. And it's different. I mean, I've been saying this is different ever since June 3rd came out. It feels to me like they just have a whole new engine or maybe engine is not the right word, but a whole new system to determine certain aspects of trust. Um, one of the things I spoke about in MozCon was that uh, not to forget that EAT has three components. Again, if you are lacking, and this is in the quality raters guidelines, the raters are told that if you are lacking any one of the elements of EAT, expertise, authoritativeness, or trustworthiness, that your site uh, should be considered potentially um, lower quality. So uh, it's not enough to just be a doctor or to... Um, uh, you know, have a degree or to have authoritative writers. This is all, these are all good things to talk about, but um, ultimately you need to have all three of these components and trust is a really big one. So if you want to go further, um, if you're a longtime podcast listener, you probably have heard me say this many times, but we have a blog post at mariehaines.com slash trust. And uh, that should give you all sorts of information on different things that Google could be measuring in terms of trust and also tips on what you can do to actually make improvements on that. Um, the weather tools, the MozCast and SEMrush Sensor and Algaroo and all those uh, were showing July 17th to be the biggest update that we've seen, even bigger than June 3rd. I don't believe that's true. I believe that maybe there are some changes in the, um, the code base perhaps that Google's using. Uh, that messed up these tools, um, you know, I, but I could be wrong. We'll see. So um, at this point, I know this might be a little bit disappointing that I can't give you exactly uh, what Google's doing with this update, although we never can say exactly, but know that uh, things are changing and the ultimate goal is to produce a website that people trust. Uh, forget Google's algorithms. I heard several people at MozCon came up to me and said, We've been implementing your advice on EAT, and we've noticed that our conversions have increased dramatically. And it makes sense, right? If somebody's reading this blog post and uh, they're thinking of buying one of the, your products or a product that you sell, and they're trying to decide whether to buy it through your site 
or one of your competitors' sites, if they see that, oh, your site gives me all the information I need, it's written by experts, I really trust this site, then yeah, you're going to see more conversions. So even if you don't care about SEO, which you should, then you should care about EAT. It's definitely uh, something very, very important. Um, I'm going to go over just a few things that are in newsletter. Uh, my team has put together the majority of newsletter. I still wrote the algorithm update section this week, uh, but there are some really good stuff in there. In newsletter this week, we have loads of tweets that came out of MozCon. This was one of the best MozCons I've been to, uh, and there were some really, really good speakers. Uh, I do have to say uh, I was so honored to be a speaker on the stage. It was my birthday when I spoke, and uh, I had the entire crowd sing. Well, I didn't do it. They sang me happy birthday, which was absolutely incredible. So thank you, MozCon, first of all, for having me, and second, for making it just such a great conference. Um, we have included a bunch of tweets. So Ruth Berg, Greg Gifford, a few others were live tweeting at MozCon and uh, uh, my team has curated the best of these. I'm not going to go over all of these in podcast. I'm just going to summarize just a couple of uh, interesting and important things here. Um, something that came up uh, this week was uh, somebody asked John Mueller whether you could still have EAT if you use a pseudonym, um, so a fake name. And John said, well, it's totally up to you. Uh, I doubt Google's algorithms would judge the realness of author names that you use. Users might, though. So the Quality Raiders guidelines actually address this. And they say that really you shouldn't be anonymous unless there's a good reason for anonymity. Now, you can still rank with a pseudonym. And as an example, um, I'm not sure how much of organic rankings these guys have, but... Uh, most of you know that I'm pretty I'm pretty uh, addicted to Fortnite, and in Fortnite, pretty much everybody uses a pseudonym. So I'll watch YouTube videos that rank really well from uh, a guy named Cipher PK, and uh, there's several others that I really like. Well, Cipher PK is not his real name, and I, you know, we can his real name is not hard to find, but he's known online as Cipher PK. So if this guy wanted to create content to rank organically on Google, he could do this under Cypher PK because he's built up so much authority. He's built up, um, you know, those of you who play Fortnite uh, and are, you know, have watched anything on YouTube uh, trying to get better at Fortnite, you recognize this guy's name, right? He's a household name. That should be our goal, whether we're using a pseudonym or whether uh, we're using our own names is we should get it so that people go, Oh, Marie Haynes, she's the one that talks about EAT, or she's the one that talks about Google penalties, so that people say, oh, yeah, yeah, or the reverse is even better. If you can get people saying, oh, when people talk about this subject matter, you need to speak to this person. You need to read everything this person read. If you can accomplish that with a pseudonym, then go for it. Uh, you know, it, it, it really can work. The vast majority of times, though, uh, I think using your real name makes sense. Perhaps if you have a very common name, you could consider using some sort of variation. Um, you know, my name, there are a lot of other Marie Haynes out there. And for a while I went by Dr. Marie, you know, and then that sounded kind of pretentious to me. And so now I have enough following that uh, I can just use my name uh, as a brand. So I'm not saying, you know, everybody out there should change your uh, brand name to your personal name. Um, but rather, if you're trying to build up EAT, you need to choose one. You need to say, I need this persona to be recognized as an expert on these subjects, and that should be your goal. 
in building up EAT. Um, let's see what else we can talk about here. Uh, there's some cool tweets. Uh, I want to thank Ruth Burr Reedy for, uh, for tweeting out on um, my talk, uh, at MozCon and, um, you know, I, I spoke a lot about, you know what, I think the video is going to be available, although it might just be for MozCon uh, people. I'll be talking on these subjects as well. But one of the things I, I wanted to mention was that um, if you, I thoroughly believe that Google only wants to pass PageRank through sites that have decent EAT. And I know I'm focusing a lot on this EAT thing, but I really think it's the core of Google's algorithms for any queries that really, really matter. Um, and so I want you to keep that in mind. One of the things that I mentioned was that if you're guest posting, not all guest posting is bad, but if you're guest posting um, for SEO and you're doing it to get the links, keep in mind that if the site you're guest posting on is one that really is lacking any of expertise, authoritativeness, trustworthiness, then probably those links aren't going to count for much. Uh, we've seen this time and time again. And even if you do enough of them, it can probably convince Google's algorithms that something sketchy is going on and it can actually cause you to see reduced rankings in over time. We're actually doing quite a bit more disavow work these days and starting to see that the sites that we disavow for, um, you know, quite often they're seeing improvements with trust related algorithm updates. So that's very important to keep in mind. Somebody asked John Mueller, um, when will mobile first indexing be fully rolled out? And he said there's no, no uh, announcement on any timing for that. I think it can take years for Google to finish this. It seems like something that is taking a long time. Um, some people have asked me this stat, how many people are moved to mobile first indexing? And Google has said it's over 50% now, um, which means if you have not been moved to mobile first indexing, it does not necessarily mean anything's wrong with your site. It just might mean that you have a very complex site and Google wants to make sure that they get it right. So uh, I know several people have emailed me saying, you know, I'm not moved to mobile first indexing. Does that mean that there's something wrong? And there's not necessarily a problem with your site if you haven't been moved. And, you know, almost 50% of sites have not been moved over just yet. Interesting tip here, <coughs> pardon me, from... Um, from MozCon as well, Lily Ray tweeted, uh, I had a blast with Lily. Lily, if you're listening to this, we had a really good time at MozCon. I hope you didn't get the sickness that I came home with, but uh, Lily and I developed a bit of a rap for EAT. Uh, it's almost embarrassing, but I think we're going to present it at uh, PubCon. <laughs> Lily and I are presenting together on, uh, on EAT. Um, so you'll have to wait for that to see two very white women uh, doing a rap on EAT. It could be really, really awful, but it could be really good, too. Um, so Lily tweeted Joy Hawkins where she was talking about review gating. And I, I wanted to mention this because I see people doing this. Review gating is the practice that sounds good, right? It sounds like something that every business should be doing, but it's against Google's terms of service. So review gating is basically if you send something to your customers saying, hey, did you have a good time with us? Did you have a good experience? And if they say yes, you send them to write a Google review. If they say no, you send them to like some private form so they can spew, but nobody else sees it. Um, that's against Google's guidelines and uh, the Google My Business guidelines. And you can, if you get caught, actually lose your account, uh, get it suspended, lose all of your reviews. So you need to be really, really careful. I would not recommend doing review gating. 
Um, speaking of losing reviews, we've been talking a lot about the fact that uh, people have lost reviews on Google My Business. And Google My Business, Joy Hawkins has heard back from them. Joy is another person I should mention. We had a blast at MozCon as well, too. Joy is just a fantastic person. And so thank you, Joy. That uh, And I know Joy got the bug as well. So um, it was fun hanging out with you, but thanks for your sicknesses, Joy. That was not cool. <laughs> um, but I'm going to quote Joy here back to the to the news. Um, so Google came back to Joy and said, all of the reviews that have been removed for technical reasons have been reinstated. Any reviews that uh, stay missing have been removed for policy violation and will not be reinstated. So if you lost reviews on Google My Business, it's because Google believes that they violate their policies. It could be because of review gating. It could be because of other things. I mean, if you've had employees write reviews, uh, you know, all sorts of different things that could happen. So if you're still missing your reviews, we've been saying for weeks that they're coming back, but if you have not got them back, then you might want to look at the procedure that you're using in order to get reviews. Um, and then there was a bug in Google My Business again that was stopping business owners from responding to their own Q&A, and that's resolved. So you should be able to respond to the, your own Q&A. In fact, you actually should be responding to your own Q&A uh, because... They're a way to, um, with Q&A, the, the questions, and I'm talking about in Google My Business, the questions that display in the search results are the ones that um, have the most engagement. And so if you, uh, you can even ask your own question and you can answer your own question and then that can appear highly. And if you have a very bad question, if somebody has you know, asked a question that's uh, damaging to your business, you can downvote it, you can, um, uh, can you downvote it? Well, you just certainly don't upvote it, uh, but you can get better questions above it so that uh, they're not appearing in the search results um, highly. So that's all I'm going to go over for newsletter. I'm going to end with one question. This question, uh, user question came through email to my team and they thought it would be a good one for me to cover on podcast. Um, Hi, Marie, loved your presentation at MozCon and I have a question for you. People keep talking about having your content come from experts. But as a content marketer, I like to take the approach of getting multiple expert pieces of content by hiring journalists who then talk in, to internal and external subject matter experts. Do you think Google sees this expertise come through or do you think having the expert as the author is the priority? So oh, this is a question that the answer really depends. Um, and I know that's a wishy-washy SEO answer. But I think you're thinking too small. If you're thinking one singular piece of content and, you know, perhaps that content really could rank well. I think what you need to look at is, and I'm going to sound like a broken record here, but uh, the user perspective. Imagine that you were diagnosed with some really horrible medical condition and you're trying to find answers on Google, which can be a serious, dangerous thing to do, right? Um, and so uh, let's say, you know, you do a search for this medical condition and you see an article that is written by uh, somebody who's been practicing this for decades and has seen, you know, all the side effects of every medication you could use and um, all of the complications that uh, patients with this condition have, then, you know, that is probably the person you want to learn from. Now, let's say, okay, that article is ranking number one. But the one below that is one with 10 experts that have all seen this condition. Theoretically, that could rank extremely well. 
The problem is the ranking is not just EAT. So let's say um, you were diagnosed with this medical condition and I decide I want to rank for that on my SEO site because I have this medical condition. Um, and so I go out and I interview uh, or I get a journalist, a really good journalist to interview the best experts in the world on this subject matter. Um, and then uh, somehow I get this published on my SEO website. Just because there are good authors writing this post doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to outrank the doctor who has been doing this for 20 years. Um, you know, just EAT is not enough. There are so many other factors of relevancy and uh, does my whole entire website have EAT? Uh, does my brand have medical EAT? Well, no, it doesn't. You know, we, we have EAT for SEO. Um, and so if you are, so let's, let's take a step back because maybe I'm uh, looking into it too much. Maybe you actually are an established um, healthcare site that people love to, uh, they, they recognize, they know your brand, they trust you, and you also write a post that's a roundup post with many, many experts on it. That one particular post probably would do extremely well, and I think you should do well for that. But let's say that the rest of your site has content that's written by authors without EAT. Now, this is a bit of theory here, but I believe that Google would say, well, you know, this entire website has factors that we don't trust. They have authors that are lacking expertise, that are not known as authorities in their area. And so we're just not going to rank this website highly for health-related terms. It's possible that the algorithms could see that that one post that was authored by 20 different experts on the subject are, um, is good and it might rank well. But I'm guessing that the, 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 there would be a dampening factor on the entire website. So is it a good idea to do a roundup post and get experts? Yes, provided that those experts are going to um, give you good answers. Here's another really good thing, too. And I'm sorry that this is such a long answer, but I do think that this is going to help a lot of people. When I get asked to write an answer for a roundup post, um, I, I have a lot of things on my plate. And I usually do try to write an answer. Now we're having some of my team write an answer. But for the most part, and I hate to say this, you're not getting my best work. <laughs> you're, you know, I'll, I'll write, uh, and it's not like I'm trying to, uh, um, you know, purposely write something low quality, but I'll spend, you know, maybe 10 minutes writing out a paragraph on the subject so that you can publish it. It will be really hard, um, I, although I see what you're saying. In your question, you're saying you're going to have a journalist pull out the best answers from people. So this is a little bit different than just the average roundup post. So if you are getting the, a super high quality uh, post from experts, I think that's excellent. I don't think that one post will bring up the EAT of an entire site. But if you have several of those and you can do that, I think it's a really good idea. So hopefully that answers your question. Um, again, I apologize this week for the uh, sound quality um, with me not feeling well and me being at home without my uh, professional equipment. Uh, things are um, not as good as usual, although we made it through. So I am almost completely on the mend. I'm going to be back in the office on Monday and uh, my team and I have a lot of really cool stuff that we're working on. You may have heard that we're in the Wix SEO contest. That's something I'll talk about another time. So um, if you have any questions for me or for my team, you can reach out at help at mariehaines.com. 
And you, as always, you can reach me on Twitter, although probably not until next week at Marie underscore Haynes. Thanks very much. Have a great week. And I wish you the best of luck with your rankings. Mm-hmm.